was harassed at work because I was the only one there that was 21. Yeah. And everyone was like in their 40s and they found my Instagram and they're like... No way. <laughs> the best substance I'd say out there, the best and healthiest substance is probably caffeine. And even caffeine has its drawbacks. I was like 95 pounds and then I got up to like 115, like pretty fast. And I started posting like... All, in how long? Like so, what's up fam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to turn your... Is that loud enough for you? Yeah. Do you like it louder or softer? You like it harder? Loud. Loud? Yeah, I'm low-key deaf. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> Little bodybuilder DJ. Okay. So this is Evie. Hi. We got Evie on the podcast. One of my boys, Evie. One of the boys. One of the boys. One of the homies. How do you say your last name? Evgenia Lvovna. <laughs> oh, that is sick. Yeah. I go by Evie for this exact reason because nobody can pronounce any part of my name. Uh, say it one more time. Evgenia Livovna. 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 Perfect. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'm vampire. Mm, that's Romania. <laughs> oh, that's enough. Romania? Close enough. I suck you dry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Evie, 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 you... Okay, whatever. Yevovna, something like that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> How do you spell that? L-V-O-V-N-A. L-E-V. L-V. L-V. O-V. O-V. N-A. N-A. Okay. That yeah. clears up everything, except that I'm probably not going to remember how to pronounce Definitely that. Definitely not. <laughs> That's pretty dick. Uh, okay, so I got a question real quick, just to jump right. right into it. So Evie's uh, one of my buddies, um, and she's been in the social media and fitness industry for quite a minute now. Um, Quite a minute. Yeah. Um, met her with a bunch of my friends also running into each other at festivals and stuff. Lots of raves. Well, classic lifestyle. And um, I was uh, I was hoping to ask, actually, um, so what brought you into like social media and like what, what did you do before social media, if you don't mind me asking? So I started social media when I was in college. Um, the main reason I started was um, my first boyfriend, like, he broke up with me and che he cheated on me. So I started working out and then I started posting Fuck. like my progress pics and I'm five foot eight mm -hmm. more or less depends on, you know, if I'm slouching or not, to be quite honest, <laughs> depends on my posture that day. So I'm more or less five, eight and I was 95 pounds and Holy that's shit. like borderline like anorexic, but that yeah. was just how my body naturally is. Like I've been a gymnast and a dancer my whole life. So I was just naturally very built like, like a string bean. So I started working out, posting progress pics um, because heartbreak will do that to you. You know, everyone's been there. Everyone has like the same kind of gym story. So yeah, I started posting that, started gaining traction. And um, during like one of the world cups, um, the world cup was in Russia. I started posting pictures of me wearing like Russian fan gear and that blew up too. So that's how I started social media was posting just like random fitness stuff because back in the day there was not really anyone posting that. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like Jen Salter and like Summer Ray. Right. Like those are the the influencers when I was like posting, you know, fitness fitness stuff on Instagram. So that's kind of how I started and then I progressed into like other like pursuits like DJing and whatnot. Gotcha. Fuck, holy shit. I mean, ain't that like how it always starts though? Yeah. The Everyone I've met that starts fitness, it's always because of like a heartbreak or just some major life event or they just want to be like confident, whatever it is, like bullying, 
something. Have you ever seen that YouTube channel? The breakups make bodybuilders. No, no. It's like a savage YouTube channel where it's just like montages of like breakups. And then, Mm -hmm. and then the casual, like, uh, what is it? Like aesthetic God, like Z's back to back with some rave hard style music. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially it's a whole entire YouTube channel of just like, why you should be going to the gym. Yeah. That's all it takes is one heartbreak and you're fine and you're good to go for the rest of your life. I just, it's kind of sad how that happens. But I mean, honestly, I think if anyone can like utilize and redirect their energy to something that's more beneficial for them, there's no better way to go about like some traumatic, traumatic or, you know, hardship situations such as breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Like the gym or anything, like even like redirecting your energy into like a marketing or a new business or something Mm -hmm. that you want to do. Is that how you started working out? I don't think I've ever even asked you. So mine was a little bit more complicated. It wasn't really... It wasn't, I didn't even have my first girlfriend until like the end of high school. Um, <laughs> You're making that seem like it's so, my first boyfriend when it was when I was 19. Oh, really? Yeah. That's no when, shit. That's when I had my first boyfriend. Damn. Okay. So I'm late. I'm kind of, wait, why, why till 19? Is there like a reason? Um, I was a nerd. Oh, same. Up until, well, I still am, but I was a nerd in, in high school and very, socially awkward like I'm a little less less socially awkward now but like genuinely like all I did was study and play piano yo same bro same (laughs) like I just had no social life like I played piano I went to like acting school and then freaking like gymnastics and dance like I genuinely like didn't do anything else besides academic endeavors so that kind of put a damper on dating for me because I just have really strict parents as well Gotcha. So yeah. That sounds exactly like my life. Literally just, dude, (laughs) (laughs) literally just sheltered. So, so sheltered. I couldn't even see fucking daylight, man. I feel like I was an actual vampire. Same, but like it was kind of low key my choice to just do schoolwork all the time because Mm -hmm. I was just academically motivated and inclined and I just had like this superiority complex where I wanted to be like number one in everything I do. And one of that was school. That's kind of fucking crazy from a young age. Yeah. I think. Cause I feel like most kids just want to like fuck off and like play games and video games and no, and just, I don't know, like me just go to buffets and do nothing. <laughs> I like going to buffets. Don't get me wrong. I like doing that <laughs> now. No, now. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think, uh, I guess going back to like, how we started. Yeah. So mine was essentially because of that, like how I was being, I was sheltered since my parents had their own plan for me. Um, and, um, living in some, you know, place that's like rural and, uh, very lacking in diversity, like called station, Texas. It was like very different being a fat Asian. So <laughs> I, had like I can't, a, you have to show me at the end a I'll show you, at the you end. fat because I can't imagine. That. I'll show you. But yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I was different. And so people wanted to bully me a lot and it really sucked. And the, the reason that it was just honestly so terrible for me, I think is just, I had no outlet since when I went back home to my family, my, my mom, especially not saying, you know, this is, this is just part of the culture. So they did nothing wrong. This is literally how they grew up as well. My mom, unfortunately also had the same pressure on me as well. So, you know, I didn't really have anyone to go to for 
you know, consolation or to make me feel better or anything. Instead, I would go home to someone telling me that like I'm fat and I also need to lose weight. So at one point I kind of just snapped. I just kind of snapped and I started uh, fasting and like going over the toilet. If I ate too much, doing a lot of really stupid shit. Going over the toilet, meaning like throwing up. Yeah. And then um, also, but at the same time I was doing that, which is really contradicting at the same time I was doing that. I asked my parents like, oh, well, okay, you guys don't usually want to buy me anything that I like, but I want to have like a, I want to have like a gym set at my home. Like I just want like a bench press set and like a set of dumbbells. Like, is that okay? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Like we'll get that for you for your birthday. And so they got that for me and I started lifting in my garage, just staring at my mom's Honda Pilot. That's a really nice gift. Yeah, it was. But they only wanted to, I mean, I'm I'm really glad that they gave it to me because they, they wanted me to, they just wanted me to progress. You know, they wanted me to be, I was an only child. So same. Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. Yeah, The pressure. The pressure is crazy. I feel like there's only like, there's two different kinds of only children, you know? It's like the very strict, like only child that they put everything into, or Mm -hmm. they just don't really care. And they kind of just let that child do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Something along the lines. We're they get in like that, we're in that, they get everything. Yeah, right? we're in that really strict kind of like our parents, like we're, we're our parents' prodigy. Yeah. And if we don't yeah. fulfill like what they weren't able to. It makes them look bad. It makes them look, I know. <laughs> yeah. But culture. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, dude, holy shit. So not till 19, huh? <laughs> I went to my first party. I shit you not, I went to my first party at 18 when I got to college. I had never been to a party before in my life. I had my first alcoholic drink at 18. Like, well, you know, besides like church and like family thing. Yeah. That doesn't count. But like going out and like a function and having an alcoholic beverage by myself with my parents not involved. I was 18. Damn. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Now look at you. Late bloomer. Going to raves, bro. Going to raves every (laughs) single weekend. Going from like zero Uh, to a hundred. And now just like every week I have to be at every rave because why not? (laughs) No, but uh, honestly, Evie's such a good girl. Like she literally hardly does anything. Like she'll go to the raves and she's like basically completely sober, but she's still having a good time. I'm sober, but but like I'm, I'm drinking alcohol. So like everyone that's ever came up to me at a rave, I've usually been like pretty buzzed. Pretty buzzed? Pretty buzzed. Okay. Or really drunk. Like, I feel like I haven't there. gotten to see you really drunk yet. Because I've been like so cautious as of late. Because usually either I'm driving or like we're like alternating who's DD. Because like mm-hmm. my group doesn't do anything when we go. We always like stay very much sober. And if we do do something, it's like alcohol. Okay. So one of us has to drive. So we kind of take turns on who's drinking and who's more like responsibly drinking. So like one drink an hour pacing ourselves. Okay. Okay. You know, like boring. Yeah. (laughs) The boring shift. But there's always got to be one per festival. Yeah, there has to be. Like it's, I I think like the most important thing when it comes to like festivals and even doing anything if you're conscious about your health and fitness is like going into a festival or like an event with a plan. Like... Like knowing yeah. like, oh, this person's going to be, say, sober um, and I'm going to be consuming this kind of food. <laughs> I forget <laughs> to sure. eat. Every rave I go to, the last thing on my mind is like going to go get food in the middle of it. Like I'll get food after the fact, but it's like, can you imagine how long like raves are? Usually you show up like five, six, seven, like somewhere in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And then you'll leave at like 2 a.m., 2 a. 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And like EDC Vegas. I, did you see me at EDC Vegas or no? 
last um, year? I don't remember. I don't think so. Well, I was, that was like one of the few times where I was like absolutely blasted first day, like <laughs> so drunk. I made it till 8 a.m. I don't know how. And then that's like unlike me. Usually I'm so tired by like 1, 2 a.m. And then Saturday I was fine. Sunday, um, one of my friends was DJing and we both just got also absolutely blasted and we got back at like five or six, I don't know, it was sunrise already. So what is that? Like 6am we were on the like bus back to the, from the artist lounge to yeah. resort world. So that was also a bent like a proper three day bender for me. But Dude, EDC is so much. EDC is a lot. So much. EDC is a lot. I I just don't like You're you're gonna go this year. You're gonna go. Up, the, our, our whole our whole rave group is going. I you're know, going. Man. You don't have a choice. Oh uh, dude, that's stressing me you're out. You're gonna miss dude. out. Every single year EDC happens, I'm like, I'm not going next year. This shit was fucking crazy. I'm not going next year. I like was going to sleep at eleven AM. This fucked up my entire like next two weeks. Well, yeah, it and fucks up a week. If you do like the hard <laughs> reset like I do, just stay up a whole day after oh, the fact. Shit. No, I'm telling you, this is why Sunday Sunday, I usually go the hardest. So that way I could do a full reset. Monday, I stay up pretty much like all day. And mm -hmm. then I go to sleep at like 8 or 9 p.m. So yeah, that like, way I yeah. wake up at 5 and 6 and reset my whole sleep schedule. That does make a lot of sense. That does that does work. That's fucking hardcore, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking hardcore. <laughs> Raving is not for the weak. Uh... I mean, every time, well, yeah. So basically every time I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to go next year. And then I fucking go again. I'm pretty sure I've been to EDC four years in a row now. Or, well, aside from the COVID this is, years. This is my, okay. I went to the one, the first EDC Vegas back after COVID. It was like in an October. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the one in May. So this will be my third EDC Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, uh, did you know that you're going to come back where you're like, oh, this was so sick. I'm going to come back again next year. Oh yeah. Cause I work with insomnia. Okay. Well that's cool. Then. I work with insomniac. So that's why I go to every rave because yeah. they text me like a month prior and they're like, hey. What the festival is, right? Yeah. yeah. They're like, Hey, you want to go to this? I'm like, of mm -hmm. course. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Who's going to pass that up? Yeah. Oh, fuck, free, bro. free tickets every time. Who's going to pass that up? <laughs> Maybe and like just... not just like regular tickets i'm talking about like artist <laughs> passes so i get like full backstage access all mm -hmm. access i could go anywhere i want like they give me a photographer that like i meet up with to do shoots for insomniac so it's kind of like a really nice yeah little it's a it's an it's an opportunity it's right a nice it's like opportunity a yeah Oh man, dude. And like great networking old, for me. So Okay, yeah, that that for is For me it's a plus. I'm working <laughs> slash networking slash having fun. Right. Okay. So dude, so Evie is a not only is she a bodybuilder and a fitness influencer, she's a fucking DJ and she's about to kill it on stage. She's gonna fucking kill it in the game. I'm in my prep phase right now. So like you know how you have like your bodybuilding competition? Yeah. I'm in, I'm in my prep. So I'm like 12 weeks out or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know? okay, okay. I'm prepping for my summer, like hard launch. Okay. Gotcha. Dude, I'm so excited for your outfits. She's got like some vampire-ish. Vampire. Vampire-ass like, looking it's, it's assassin. Like, it's like medieval yeah. kind of Game of Thrones-esque. Um, like that whole big, mythical big creature. black hood with like a yeah. mystical gown, yeah. black gown. And then, yeah. You got the, uh, it's the big nerdiness, ass tall the nerdiness coming to life. <laughs> it's so you know? sick though. <laughs> it's like, 
Oh, well, a little insight on a little secret project that Dion and I are creating together. Might I've be, seen it. It might be clothing. I'm not sure. but It, you know, it might be. Wink, wink. I got to tell you what the names are later, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need your help choosing. They're kind of ridiculous. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, okay. Can you tell me a little bit on how you went from 95-pound string bean to deciding to do social media? To deciding to do social media or like where am I now? Like what was your like career path beforehand, I guess. And then you decided to start doing fitness and everything. So you're here. My career path before, like I was, I was in university. Um, I was studying marketing, finance and international business. Like I have three degrees. Mm -hmm. So I really just wanted to go to law school, like super random. And then I also wanted to get my MBA. Like I was very like academically ambitious. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I started posting on social media, I had no intention of being an influencer. Like I could care less. That was not something that I was like, I want to post cause I want to get followers. I want to be clouded. Like I want people to know, to know who I am and recognize me. Like I genuinely didn't care about any of this. I was literally just posting because I've never had a social media before. And I had like, I don't know, like a thousand followers. So I was just posting like random content. Mm-hmm. Well, what's now dubbed as content back then was just like pictures that I would take like at the gym. Um, so I was like 95 pounds, very skinny. And I started posting like before and afters. And one of the pictures, this was like 2016 mm-hmm. or something. I was like 95 pounds and then I got up to like 115, like pretty fast. And I started posting like all of, like the comparison, I'd say like a year, Okay, which oh, is yeah. like impressive but it was like lean it was all lean like i was incredibly shredded like i had like a six pack from day one damn because i was like imagine being i think i was like 10 percent body fat for a female right now i'm 14 but back then i was like 10 percent fuck and like this is like my normal like i'm not even trying kind of i just have this yeah because you have a ectomorphic kind of physique yeah exactly so I remember I posted that one picture and I got like 30,000 likes and I had probably 2000 followers. Wow. So back in the <laughs> algorithm day, like that, <laughs> that was a big deal. It was. Um, and I got to like 10 K in one day basically. And then just kept posting like random. I was living in Florida. So I was mm-hmm. posting random like bikini pictures and just gym, gym content. And it just started doing like really, really well. I started getting noticing noticed by brands, bikini companies, fashion companies, like gym, whatever sponsors and athletic, whatever supplements. So it just kind of went up and up and up from there. Um, but it wasn't enough for me to be like, okay, I'm going to quit school and I'm not going to mm. like pursue this. I still graduated. I was valedictorian. And then, Jeez. yeah, like the, the home upbringing really made that into me. Um, so I, I graduated and then I started working at a marketing, like full service marketing agency. Mm-hmm. And I think I got up to like 500 K at this time on Instagram, but I was still like, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is what I want to do yet. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was like in Instagram influencing was very new, right? very, very new. And brands were scared to do like campaigns. It just was not a thing so much yet. Like nobody had budgets. This was, this is how, how long ago it was. Like now it's so common. If you have like a hundred K, you can just quit your job and you're fine. 
But like back then, if you have like 500K, like it's still kind of like iffy. You don't know yet. Like it's, this was a whole new world for brands to like drop hundreds of thousands of dollars on influencer marketing campaigns. It was unheard of. So Mm -hmm. I was working in a full service marketing agency in a cubicle from 8 a.m. to like 6 p.m. every day. Miserable. I did that for three months. And then I just randomly like quit and was like, I want to do social media full time because I can't sit in an office cubicle. I was harassed at work because I was the only one there that was, I was like 21 and everyone was like in their 40s and they found my Instagram and they're like, no way. (laughs) That's so awkward. It was so awkward. That's funny as shit. Was it a bunch of uh, older dudes too that was, was just harassing A lot me? of older dudes were harassing of course. me. Um, and just like my boss, my boss was like not really understanding of like a work-life balance and me being like 21 at the time. I was like, don't call me on weekends. I'm not answering. Don't call me at like 8 p.m. I'm also not going to answer you. Like I want to have a life. Yeah. Like I don't want to be like, oh, I have to answer this client call. Like that's kind of where my detachment was from like that type of world and me wanting to pursue social media even more because I was like I can't be miserable like this for the rest of my life yeah dude that you're you're like bringing up was exactly like mine really like I swear to god I went through the exact same shit like decided to just fucking finish off my degree decided to work as an engineer for like a year and I fucking hated it. I hated it. Yeah, it's nine to five. It's genuinely like, like horrible. I mean, like I, I, I can understand for those engineers out there if they're like doing work that's their, that's like really aligned with their passion. But I wasn't. Like I was working for some shit for uh, Sikorsky helicopters. Um, but the work that I was actually doing personally was literally like it was just I, I didn't even really use my brain in any of it. I feel like I was just mostly doing like GDNT, which is a geometric di- um, dimensioning and tolerancing. And I was basically just sitting at a computer or I'd like mm-hmm. go fetch some parts in the factory. And I'm just like, all I would do, like, especially in my free time, listen to some bodybuilding podcast and then wait for the day <laughs> to be over so I could just go to the gym and rip some pre-workout and get a Genuinely, that's life. what I would do at like midnight. After being done at work, I would go home, eat, go to the gym at midnight just Jesus. to get in a lift. And then I'd have to be up in like six hours. But I was like, there's no way I'm not getting these fucking gains. And if yeah. I'm sitting in an office for like nine hours a day, Monday through Friday, but it was the same exact thing. Like I would do boring spreadsheets all day long. And I was a marketing analyst, so I would have to look at keywords, develop patterns, and figure out which like keywords I need to optimize SEO. It was just, it's interesting. It's a useful skill to have in terms of branding for your own like personal brand and your own endeavors. But mm-hmm. as a career, I can't do it. It's just boring. It doesn't like I need a creative outlook. I, I need like something to do that stimulates my brain this was just all busy work and unfulfilling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah exact same thing exact same thing uh going back what did you do to gain uh your weight your first year eat a lot like a lot and i was not eating good food like mm-hmm. first few years i was dirty bulking like crazy when i tell you dirty bulking i mean like i would eat mcdonald's every day and like force myself. And I would, because I went to see a nutritionist because I was like, I'm concerned, like I'm really underweight and like I'm Mm -hmm. eating and nothing's working. So I had to have those like insure. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you go to the gross, like CVS or Walgreens or whatever, and you could get those little smoothies that are for weight gain. Mm -hmm. 
I would get those from, and they were like all like, a ma- I would have mass gainer every day as a female. Holy shit. Like so much McDonald's, so much Denny's, like the hardest dirty bulk you could possibly find. It was what I was eating for three years straight. And I felt fine. I felt great. Like surprisingly, is, like I was still shredded. Yo, that is insane to me knowing just how like particular you are about food. And like now, like to go from that to where I'm at now and how crazy I am about like every food that I eat and like the stuff I put in my body is just insane. Because <laughs> I was doing that for so long and I didn't feel bad at all. Like my body was so com- accustomed to eating like McDonald's, like 40 chicken nuggets and like burgers and like fries every single day with like a Coke. And then going to the gym, I felt oh. perfectly fine. Oh shit! I hope this doesn't encourage people. It's gonna be able to eat don't forty do chicken that. nuggets again. No, don't do that because eventually it's gonna catch up to you, and you're not gonna feel so good. So this girl gained twenty lean pounds in a year. Yeah, I mean, I'm lean now, but like, oh god. Did you did you like end up feeling that? Like, did it catch up to you? Eventually, you eventually, I was like, oh, so. I, this is not sustainable for me to eat like this all the time. Mm-hmm. I started like feeling a bit nauseous when I was eating and just feeling lethargic and just overall fatigue. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not, especially like American fast food, like, like European fast food is a bit better, but like the stuff that they put in American fast food is just like MSG, like intense amounts of sodium. So you're just addicted to it because your body craves the sodium yeah, um, and just all these other chemicals in it. So I just, I was constantly just like wanting more and I just was not feeling satiated when I would eat. Like I would still be hungry after having 3000 calories at McDonald's. Holy shit. Because that's what my body was used to. That is fucking nuts. And like protein shakes morning and night. And I can't believe you're so shredded now too. Yeah, now. <laughs> I I think, I mean, I feel like uh, when, when people are that age too, it, it's just something they can that a get lot away of people, with it. yeah, they can get yeah. away with it. But now, as you grow no. older, it's just Mm-mm. like your body starts realizing like what kind of foods that it really needs, the, the proper sources of fuel. Yeah, proper food, your metabolism slows down, all of that combined. Just with like also like genetics. So it just mm-hmm. all plays a factor. So you're not allowed to eat McDonald's every meal. No, <laughs> just, you know, after you go out okay, after, so, after a rave day. So what got you into eating like the healthy foods that you do now? Cause I know we were having that talk before. Uh, we were like at a restaurant a or something Brazil, with Bryn. The yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brazilian yeah. restaurant with Bryn. We we're just like sitting around and talking about, uh, Evie was just going on a rant about how shitty American food is and how organic <laughs> is totally fake. I, I can rant about food for like five hours a day. Um, and I usually, cause that was right after I got back from Paris and Italy. So I was, I was in Europe for over a month and I started noticing the quality of food and like usually like like American cheese and American cheese product, just any cheese and dairy that I would eat here. Like I'm not lactose intolerant by any means, but it wouldn't like, it wouldn't feel the greatest. Like that's all I'm going to say. But when I'm eating like a pizza or a pasta, anything heavy dairy products in, in any, literally anywhere outside of the US, I feel actually really good. Like no stomach problems at all. And I could actually like digest the food. And even like lettuce has great taste. Like I'm excited to eat lettuce. And here I would just rather not even touch a salad unless I go to a farmer's market and pick it myself. Like I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near a salad because it's just, it lacks nutrients. So I noticed how much I break out every time I come back to the US and I have any sort of like American produce as opposed to European produce. Oh, that's insane. Do you know what kind of foods in particular that make you like break out 
feel like that? Um, tomatoes hurt my stomach a lot in the U.S. And I love, I love tomatoes. Um, Damn, tomatoes. Yeah. Fuck, I, I fucking love tomatoes. I love tomatoes too. I have no problem with tomatoes in Italy, but I have okay. a major problem with them here in California. Um, Like, butter, what is it called? Butter lettuce? Like the most common lettuce that we have. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what it's called. To me, it tastes like water. It has like no flavor at all. I'm just like uh, not intrigued to eat it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically like any anything dairy, milk, um, even chicken. So I recently found that our chicken is banned in... We can't export our chicken to Europe because yeah. no country in Europe allows it. Because mm-hmm. we put some sort of like growth hormones in there. Same thing with our farmed salmon, which I refuse to eat. If it's not wild caught, I'm not eating it mm-hmm. because our farmed salmon also contains a lot of growth hormones and like bad, bad ingredients. But we love the GH. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's we? You. I'm, I'm good. I'm so good. I like eating my healthy, my healthy food. I'm sure. It's definitely different when you're eating it versus when you're <laughs> injecting mm-hmm. uh, pharmaceutical grade. It's a bit different, I think. I don't know though. Don't call me on that. <laughs> don't call me. I'm not an expert on growth hormone. I have no idea. Mm. Dude. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, I've heard of a lot of that. I, I, I really don't know too much about it, but it's always intrigued me, especially since it, it's, it, it's something that like over the course of time, especially as you grow older, you just slowly feel and feel and feel more and more and more. And then as you do things such as, um, what are they called? Um, uh, the diet where you exclude all the, like uh, a large majority of foods, especially those that you are um, suspect of causing you certain issues. Oh, like like a food intolerance test? Uh, not a food intolerance test. It's um, you you just pull out all the. I don't know why I can't think about it. I brain fart pretty often, but you just pull out all the foods out of. It's probably all that uh, then, growth hormone that you're eating and oh, your, in your oh, yeah. chicken and salmon. Hundred percent. It tastes good. That's what's causing your brain fog. It almost tastes as good as MSG. But you start adding back those foods back in there slowly. And um, every time you add back in food, you see no issues. Then you know that food's good. And then you continue to add food back and then you see no issues. You mm-hmm. know that food that food is good until finally you figure out what is causing your issues. And um, I did that. And uh, now all I eat is rice, chicken breast, salmon, um, wild caught, uh, of course. Unfortunately, I haven't. I've been eating some cheap chicken breast. I, I haven't felt any issues recently, but mm-hmm. maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe we should check about that. Um, avocados, <laughs> um, uh, like kale and spinach. Mix. You eat the same thing every day. I eat basically the same thing every day. You don't get bored. Not anymore because when I eat bodybuilders, <laughs> it's just mentally tied to um, that progression of like, you know, the thing that the thing that fucking so makes me like, feel like the, the, the best the, is, is the stability and just predictable predictable. <laughs> predictability of like, this is your meal. You already know this is what you're going to eat. This provides like the best results for you. Well, it's after so many years of experimentation with so many different foods. Like I've eaten a lot of different snacks because I'm a snacker too. Yeah, I know. Like I've eaten, um, <laughs> you, you own your snacks. Every time we yeah. go anywhere, you always have like snacks with you that I'm confident. <laughs> Brave, the snacks. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Sieta chips was so so good like it was grain free like cooked in avocado oil and I loved my quest bars and stuff well mm. now I found out I can't really have quest bars why not when I consume it I get lethargic and sleepy and I think it's 
partly because of the dairy that's in it. Um, certain dairies are, I don't know, like if a dairy is lactose free, I find I don't have any issues. Um, it depends on how much that dairy is filtered and it doesn't always, um, it's not always indicated in the package. So some dairies make me feel like absolute dog shit. Whereas some things like I felt, I feel like barbells protein bars recently haven't made me feel nearly as bad as the quest bars have. Okay. That's just me. You know, I don't know how you eat quest bars. They're literally like a, like a rock. They, they changed it. I they think, changed that. I it's think soft they could, now. Genuinely, I used to think that people could use that as a weapon. <laughs> because I, I when I first started lifting, I also had like Quest Bars too, because that's all that they had. Yeah. There was no like diversity at the time. And I would like have that in my gym bag. And like by the end of my workout, I'd be like, this is literally like, I could smack someone with this and they wouldn't be okay. <laughs> I was like, this is scary. I don't want to eat this. Well, that's probably why Tom Billy, you changed that. Because now it's a soft bar. They literally yeah. wrote it on the package. It's like softer and better now. Thank God. I needed that. <laughs> it's it's good now. I, I swear. I promise. It's good now. <laughs> Except for the, uh, the farts that it gives me. But aside from that, oh, it's fucking fire. <laughs> but yeah, I just cut down all those foods. And um, I mean, what, what I do now, all this stuff I eat now is more so because uh, now that I've been there, I don't really like you know, after you cut certain things out for a long time, like I haven't eaten sugar in, in years, really. Like I'll have a little bit of sugar here and there, but essentially I've avoided it for years. Same with alcohol. Like I haven't had that for like six years. So I don't crave it at all. Can't it's just out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> sugar and alcohol. But in doing so though, it's like, now it's just convenient. Like I'm focused on like my work. I'm focused on like, oh, I need to set up my podcast. I need to like research this. Yeah, and you don't have and to so now I have my food just ready for me. Yeah. And I enjoy it anyways. So it's one less thing to worry about. It's just hard for people to let go of that when they're on the train of addiction already. Say mm-hmm. like food addiction, you know, junk food addiction, um, alcohol addiction, whatever it is. It just, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I feel like bodybuilders, they kind of eat to sustain and they eat for a purpose. Whereas like for me, I'm a bodybuilder. Like I don't really like consider myself in that category. Like I train like a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. but when I eat, I enjoy eating so much. So I eat for pleasure and for happiness. Gotcha. So I don't like limit myself. I kind of do everything in moderation. So mm-hmm. even like stuff that I'm like, oh, I just genuinely can't stand X, Y, and Z. I'll still eat it a little bit because I know that my body is like craving it, like sugar and sweets. I know that it's not good for me, but I'm still like, I'm not going to deny myself of something that like a, like a brownie mm-hmm. right? and like feel bad about it. Like all those fucking protein cinnamon rolls that bring brins to every fucking event. Every time I still, I, I have still, to eat it. I'm still eating it. I have to eat it. <laughs> I'm still eating it. I don't care how many sugar alcohols it has and how much it's going to make yeah. me fucking fart and shard myself later. <laughs> I have to eat that cinnamon roll. <laughs> and then if you guys do wish to help fund the podcast and fund all the editing as well as uh, outreaching, um, then you can, Buy if you buy clothes from Young LA Clothing or Huge Supplements. Use code Nile. You can use my code Nile for Facts. a discount off of that, and it'll also help give me a little bit of commission as well for my podcast. So, so word just came in that Evie just got fucking guest listed into Coachella. Woo! What? I didn't even try. I'm like, I checked my phone because my phone's on DND like all the time, and I'm like looking through my texts, and they're like. Yeah, I just got you an artist pass for uh, Coachella. And I have no intent. I had no intent of going because, I don't know, Insomniac kind of spoils me. So every time I go to an event that's not Insomniac, if I don't know someone that's playing, 
and I'm not like guestless. That sounds so pretentious. But if I'm like, <laughs> if I'm not like guestless, I genuinely like I don't really feel like spending the money on it because it is very expensive to go to these things. Like I had no idea because yeah, I've never. This sounds really bad. I've never had to pay to go to these things. <laughs> So when I'm looking at prices, like I was looking at Coachella, I was like, there's no way people are paying $600 for GA. G of A. Oh yeah, admission. dude. It's really expensive. Coachella's crazy expensive, man. And like what, how much is VIP? Like 1500? Probably something, something like, insane. Who the hell is paying that for like three days? Plus it's just so many other variables they have to pay for like hotel lodging. Um, if you're drinking, you know, like a drink mm-hmm. is $20 each and then food at the event is like starting at 20 and mm-hmm. then, you know, other things, whatever transportation and outfits like that shit racks up very fast. So it's like, you're not just paying to go to Coachella, like $1,500 you're paying 1500 plus probably an extra like thousand. So it's like 2,500, $3,000 for a weekend. For like four days. It's pretty days. fucking crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. Because like I guarantee you those hotels are like very expensive. Because EDC, I'm not happy about. Oh, especially at... No, Chella's so crazy that no one has been able to find a place around there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'm going to try to see if I can get you a little hookup. Yeah. But I... I'm not really sure yet. Cause yeah, because if you guys are going, I'll give you my artist pass and I'm going to crash with like everyone that's going <laughs> as like a trade. We'll, we'll talk. Then we this. pass it back. We pass it back. We'll, we'll we talk, do one of those. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. I've snuck people into the EDC um, backstage areas and like other insomniac things. I've done it before. And so have other people. It's not. <laughs> and so have other people. Not that hard. We could just do the band pass back. I mean, it is a thing. It is a thing. No, it's a thing even for VIP. Like, let's be honest here. It's every dimension, every level of the whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've gotten like the highest levels media conductor, which like Mm -hmm. I'm sure normal people don't even know what the hell that is, but um, music conductor, music conductor, music conductor and like crew, which music conductor, you could literally even walk on stage into the DJ booth mm-hmm. and like start playing mm-hmm. because yeah. they literally think that you're like a DJ for the event. Right. So I've gotten those before where I've literally gotten to be in the DJ booth, like pressing the buttons. If I really wanted to, I, I have had that access to that, sick. which is pretty sick. But yeah. And then there's like crew. So that means you're a part of like the mm-hmm. team right. of like, whether it's like a videographer, photographer for a DJ or their agent manager, whatever it is, that's crew. And then there's like guest passes, which is labeled artist passes, Mm -hmm. which gives you pretty much all access. Like you could still be on stage, but you can't be in the booth itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's levels to this. There's levels to the amount of pretension that you can. Pretension. Yeah. There's levels to our ego here. Oh my gosh. I have gotten the, uh, I don't even remember how I got it, but I I got the the music conductor pass once, but yeah, I've I've given the music conductor pass to some of the people in our rave group at times to get them into places. (laughs) (laughs) I like pass them one. Yeah. You know, my boy. Okay. So on the down low, my boy Dion once went with his friend, like way back when, and, um, sent it to EDC and they jumped the fence and like, honestly, I've seen that a lot. No, really? Mm-hmm. Like not even at just that festival. Like I think the number one festival I've seen that at is Rolling Loud. 
Oh, I, I could see that. It was rolling bad. Loud. Like, I don't know. Like their security is awful. But even a lot of insomniac events, their security is like not at top par because I'll be hanging out um, in like the artist lounge. And I'm like, how the hell mm-hmm. did all these people get back here? Like I'm looking at their wrists. None of them have like the, the proper credentials on their wrists. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, they don't even check. Like it's so easy to sneak into these things if you really know where you're going and you know where you want to be and you have a mission. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, cause I've noticed, uh-huh. but I have the passes, I have the credentials. So, yeah, but like I've seen some stuff. Yeah. I guess it is in a way. <laughs> in Evie's defense though, she's a, uh, she's got to become a DJ. So yeah. And my defense is like, this is just part of the game. This I'm just, for her. I'm, I'm noticing these things because I'm like, I'm worried about like my future. <laughs> that's a, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah it's fine to be worried about safety you know yeah because like what if you're what if you're a top level dj let's say you're like um who's really hot right now john summit right his so what i saw was his house literally got leaked the address the whole oh address God. the whole apartment everything got leaked and there was an article written about how he just bought this place in Miami and anyone could Google it and see exactly where he lives. And people are, you think people aren't not going to be like crazy and be standing outside his apartment or like in the lobby trying to get up to his floor. Mm-hmm. Like that whole information is public. So like, think about it this way. Like when you're going to a festival and you're at like the artist lounge where you want to feel safe and feel like secure and like you're prepping to play. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of like randos that snuck in and you're not going to feel very safe and secure when they're like, banging on your dresser or like your uh, little RV Mm -hmm. because they have the little star wagons at all these insomniac events. And there's like randos that are being like, Oh my God, I'm such a big fan. Like, Like sometimes it's cute, but sometimes it can be really scary because I'm friends with a lot of DJs like a lot. Mm -hmm. And every time we would go out in public, especially at these festivals, I'm scared for them and I'm accompanying them. And Mm -hmm. I have to like, like, I feel like a bodyguard at sometimes. I'm just like the stuff that people say is atrocious. It's bad. Yeah. People get pretty fucking wild. It's scary. Like these cult followings are very scary. So (laughs) I can just see too in all the DJ phases, just how much stress they go through too. Mm -hmm. People think, oh man, the DJ life just seems so sick and so fun. But it's probably, yeah, it's definitely one of the most stressful things I've seen. Yeah. I was, talking, I was talking about this on another podcast, but I, I used to coach Kai, Kai Wachi. And yeah. he just... We uh, talked about this. Yeah, dude. Like the fact that they like, they don't have a regular circadian rhythm. And that's already the, one of the most important things that you need to maintain a lower stress life. Like if you don't have a proper circadian rhythm, getting proper sleep, that's that's the first step to being healthy. Sometimes they're playing shows at like 2 or like 7 a.m. Yeah. Like imagine like during Miami Music Week, Fisher, he went on at 7 or 8 a.m. And he played until like noon. Right. That's like so bizarre. You're playing at like the most random hours of the day. Right. Like you could be playing a pool party. And then you would go, like some of my friends will play a pool party in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go home and nap at like 4 o'clock. And then they'll wake up at 9 p.m. And go straight to EDC and play. Yeah, because they have to go through, like, they'll have to go to another flight and yeah. go to another place. And then they helicopter yeah. in and then they play EDC. Right. And then they'll be like, oh, sorry, can't stay to hang out. I have to fly to freaking Netherlands for a show I'm playing. Like, right. I'm like, you're going to fly for 20 hours from EDC Vegas after doing all that and then go to Netherlands? I'm like, you, you're crazy. 
Yeah, dude. Like, DJ Live Aid. Thinking about it. Not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're looking for like the, the fun party life, DJ Life is definitely not not 100%. I mean, let's let's there's gonna, there's let's gonna look be a at give take let's sure. look at John Summit. He's on a vendor every day. Like he's <laughs> always partying. I have never seen this man not incredibly like hammered. I've seen him perform I don't know, like probably more than I've seen my parents this year. Like in the past year, I think I've seen him like 12 times. And genuinely, when I say he's blasted all the time, I'm like, how the hell are you operating no, right now? Seriously, It's so bad. But like, that's the thing. It's like some DJs can take it to the next level and they could yeah. just be doing a lot of like drugs, alcohol, just to keep themselves alive, alert and awake and be able to perform. And they just love it so much. And then there's other DJs that are like, they play and then they go take a nap and they're like dead for like un- up until they do the next show and then they wake up right before the right. show and go. So, so that's the like thing is just like how long can these people spectrum. really how, how long can these people really keep this up, you know? Until burnout. Yeah. Some of my burnout. friends some of my friends with the very public burnouts. Very bad. Public burnouts. Yeah. Like uh what do you mean by public burnouts? So there's times where like if DJs overbook themselves, like mm-hmm. one of my friends had like 180 shows or 200 shows in a year. Mm-hmm. There's 365 days in the year. Like imagine how much traveling that is and like the amount of like substances that you need to do in order to keep yourself awake for that type of life. Like he would literally play a show and then be on a flight and then play another show in the same day. Yeah. And like just wouldn't sleep, would try working out like mm-hmm overextend yourself so far and it's so important to like not only rest have a good life balance and also be able to train and eat healthy yeah but a lot of these like artists they're not doing that and they're just yeah. kind of overextending so mm-hmm. that's why like i'm worried about like there's some artists that like constantly party and do all that i'm kind of worried about them because yeah. i've seen it already happen to some of my friends and i'm like they retired for like years because mm-hmm. they could have died easily mm-hmm. from all the partying that they're doing. It happens. It does. Um, I think, uh, I, I'll, I'm always wondering how, um, Sullivan King is even able to keep up the fact that and he has a kid, he has a, he has a wife and a kid. Yeah. And then well, he's going on she's, tour she's all, there the all the time. That's definitely like, that's definitely a game changer. Yeah. Your partner can like go on the tours with you, but yeah, I don't know Still, what she does, I but I met know. I met his child at EDC Orlando. Mm-hmm. I was a little drunk, so I wasn't gonna be like I'm not gonna handle a baby in this intoxicated state. <laughs> but I did meet his child, and his wife was there too. Um, so he does travel with them; they're always there. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to like be able to do that. But it's also like, how much can a person like do both? Still have a family and kids and merge the two together. I feel like it's kind of like an impossible task being on tour with family. Right. Especially like a newborn. Okay. So going off of that, since we're already talking about family and like balancing the DJ life with say your actual lifestyle, your healthy lifestyle. So bodybuilding and raving, bodybuilding and festivals, that's a fucking thing. And it's been a huge thing. You're really good at it. I don't know. <laughs> we, we literally just talked about this on, was it Saturday? Yeah, we did. On we were, Saturday, we were talking about how good like Niall is at like uh, managing bodybuilding like and braving. Cause I feel like you do like the proper amount. Whereas like some people could just go one or the other extreme. And like it, when they do rave, they're like kind of, they got a, they kind of anal about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We were having quite an interesting conversation. <laughs> interesting for sure. <laughs> it was, a. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, where, where were we? Yeah, we were at Rebecca's, Rebecca's place. Rebecca's house. It was just you, me, and fucking John. Yeah. <laughs> Good old John Skywalker. John Skywalker. We're just talking about raving. space knowledge. <laughs> space knowledge <laughs> understatement. The uh, most random combo. But yeah, we did talk about raving a bit and like finding a good balance. Yeah. I I just think that um, the thing about the balance thing though is like, like I think back in the day, maybe I had like a better balance. But now nowadays, at least these days, I have actually a lot more priority in, in not going to festivals, not going to events. To be honest, I'm actually fucking shocked that I'm going to this many events right now. And it's literally because you guys are all such peer pressure. Yeah, I that's swear fair, to God. fair enough. <laughs> like I would not be going to EDC if I did not know you people. This is a <laughs> one million percent. No, I. that's why I go because like genuinely I would just be going to like EDC Las Vegas, like Ultra, yeah. um, EDC Orlando, like Beyond is the same time, right. but like Nocturnal, like, you know, it's once every month. Mm -hmm. But then Bryn or like, you know, Christina or someone will text me, Caleb, be like, Hey, you want to go to this? And I'm like, kind of like, kind I, of well, <laughs> kind of down to hang, like yeah. whatever. I'll just go do something. But yeah, it's, it's definitely hard to find like a balance, but even right. when I'm going to these things, I'll still try to train. Like it's extremely hard to train at EDC Vegas. I only trained once in the three days, but I was still like, I really have to train. I have to get up. I have to get moving. Like First day I drank, second day I didn't, I didn't drink anything. I had like one Moscow mule and I was like, that's it. I'm capping it there. And I left at like impressive midnight. for the whole day. I left at midnight. I was like, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep because I want to be okay for mm -hmm. Sunday. And then Sunday, genuinely don't know, but Sunday I did train before. <laughs> so I was don't like, remember. I felt really, really good. I felt really good. It was a nice balance. Mm -hmm. So it's like figuring out how much your body can take and then having yep. like a day. If you're going at like all three days, the middle day usually being like your chill rest day. Mm -hmm. This is that's the key. I think so. This is something that I want to bring to light because um, there's a lot of negative connotation out there for something such as raving, especially if you're applying it to like a sport like bodybuilding or fitness. Um, like for one, like they tend to be contradicting, but I think a lot of the negative connotation of course comes from what everybody what 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 comes to mind for most people when they hear the word raving or bodybuilding is drugs, 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 like steroids and recreational drugs. Mm -hmm, lots of recreational drugs. Right. So, like one thing that I do want to clear up for balance is it's not necessarily like what I want to say from my perspective, my anecdotal evidence of doing this is that for me it wasn't about balance. It was more so about awareness and knowledge, and it was more so about actually choosing decisions that were healthy for myself in the long run. Exactly. Um, and I'm not going to say that I didn't do any substances. Of course, I'm not going to say that because I'm not going to lie. But um, the most important thing for me was to be aware of what would each substance do to me um, and how is it going to affect my health and is it worth it to even do it? Um, and what can I do to enjoy my life, be present in the moment, whatever, but, um, make sure that I'm also being conscious about my future at the same time. And so all the things I would do would come down to such as like, I would actually smuggle protein bars into the raves, like just fucking crotch that shit. Yep. Uh, protein bars and protein Witness powders. That. <laughs> Witness. That's how you stay on your protein synthesis. Yeah. Bros. Um, plus <laughs> the fact that you get like 20,000 steps each day or something like that, bro. Think about how 20,000 easily. Think about it. 
I wake up so shredded. Yeah. Right. And then imagine that you're actually maintaining your protein synthesis throughout the entire time mm-hmm. by consuming the protein you smuggled into the rave. You literally just <laughs> did. You literally just did like a fucking like 12 hour Stairmaster. Good for you, bro. Now you're going to be fucking shredded for your next, you know, competition. Uh, but when and it comes a to a lot of dancing, the steps does not count all the dancing. No. Yeah. That's, that's basically what I, yeah. what I mean is the dancing, especially if you, you, you're but like steps, but also like walking around the festival itself. Oh yeah. Especially EDC Vegas. It takes like, it's like two miles. It's like two miles to go from one side to the other. Right. It takes me like two hours. I've actually, I've actually wanted to uh, get my blood work done before EDC and then get my blood work done afterwards again. That would be interesting. How my uh, levels would change. And then also if my HDL and my LDL happened to actually get better (laughs) from all the cardio. I feel like that'd be kind of cool. Try that. But then my, maybe (laughs) then you Uh, see my liver enzymes go up. Yeah. JK, JK guys. Um, but in the, uh, yeah, in the past, uh, I would say that if you are doing something, uh, if you're doing like fitness and, um, you're going to festivals and stuff like be aware of what you're putting in your body because everything will react in some kind of way and make sure you're testing it. Right. So like, if I'm going to be real right now, for example, if I'm going to a festival, like I avoid majority, if not almost all substances now, um, I'll drink caffeine. Um, and sometimes I'll do like a microdose of acid or a microdose of shrooms. Um, that I always find to be just no, no health issues, especially if it's a microdose and, um, you know, I'm staying in the right state of mind, then we're good. Um, but there's also with the right people. Right. I feel like, but there are a lot of things that can be really dangerous that like will also affect, like, say if you're like, you know, you guys want to have a balance. You want to make sure that you're um, still getting, you're staying jacked and you're on your program, but you also have um, a great next week. You're also keeping your health intact um, and you're not, you know, ruining your health in a spiraling manner in the long run. Like you want to make sure that you're not taking things that are going to affect your sleep. For example, this is probably going to include like <laughs> stimulants and cocaine and all, all the uh, above but shit. But like, I feel like out of both of us, I'm worse off in the sense that I feel like alcohol is more damaging I think it is too. Then doing something like shrooms or like a microdosing. I mean, I've never microdosed acid. Is that the same as LSD? I'm so uneducated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I've done like the smallest microdose of LSD like one time and I didn't feel like anything. Like it just made things a little bit more vibrant, Mm -hmm. but that's really it. So I didn't notice. That sounds like a microdose. Okay. Yeah, okay. a normal microdose. But I was like, am I supposed to feel something crazy because I don't feel anything? But I was also very scared and I'm not really, I'm not into drugs. I don't experiment with like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I'm totally fine saying this on camera. Like I've done Molly two and a half times. So like, and I've been to like a million and one festivals. So that's just like out of like all the experience I've had, I haven't used like any drugs. Like that's the only drug I've ever used. Mm-hmm at a festival setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's it's doable. You could still enjoy it. No, you absolutely can. Um, it's all a state of mind and I think people don't realize that. It's like, when it comes to the balance of festivals, like a lot of people in the industry will probably compare themselves or like when they when they think about this shit, what comes to mind is like people like, oh, Aziz or mm-hmm. um, I had a podcast with uh, his brother, Chesty, Chesbra, Chesbra. And we were talking about the same thing about bodybuilding and raving and he was talking about how he would like 
take like 400 grams of test with like trend and then also smash some um, molly at the festival and stuff and probably some uppers. And that's the thing is like, if you're taking something, for example, like clan, which like is that's a steroid. dangerous. Exactly. If you're taking clan with an upper, like a stimulant, it's going to affect your health or your heart. Um, and you don't know, most people don't really know to what degree they're um, genetically prone to heart issues more than others, you know, you could be someone that's already ge- genetically prone to that. So imagine that you combine that stuff, you could instantly have a heart attack at the rave. So it's like being aware of what you're doing, what you're taking and realizing that some things are just not worth it mm-hmm. and just choosing the healthy route, whatever healthy route that you can take. And um, yeah, so definitely there's definitely a list of things that I would like personally say that like you should avoid or you should be like, I kind of want to talk about them, honestly. Honestly, why reason. not? Yeah. Because it's better that people are educated if if right. they're going to a rave and there's a lot of substances that you can get, especially at the rave itself. Mm-hmm. And just there's drugs floating everywhere. So, you know, if people have access to them, they might as well know like what's safe and what combos they should avoid and, mm-hmm. and everything. If like you're educated on it, then it's, it's useful for people, especially people are going to want to try anyway. So you might as well okay, yeah. like, help them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I guess first off, I would just uh, gonna try to go through this quick. But first off, I'd say MDA. You never really know what's in it. Could always uh, you could always have fentanyl in it, mixing it. So like that's why you should always test like, it. If someone gets it, yeah, it needs to be tested. And you could you get, never get testing strips you know, so. on Amazon. You can get them at like rave store, right. like Rave Wonderland and iHeart Rave right. and all that. Like you can get testing strips. It's very easy. So make sure you test your Molly. <laughs> Then press pills. Yes, I have done press pills way, way, way back, years back. I do not do press pills. Um, and I would are, recommend never pills? doing them. For Molly? Those are those are ecstasy. Like the little like, like Tesla's, no. SpongeBob's. I did. Yeah, I did. My first one was a pressed pill and it was tested. Mm-hmm. And it was 10 out of 10 experience. My second time was powder like a crystal like the pure crystal mm-hmm. and smashed put into a water bottle and shared with like a few people wow okay and yeah that the the, <laughs> the halftime wild the halftime was halloween we also did it but it was so much less that's why it's like not really counted but it's mm-hmm. still like two and a half so i've done crystal the two times and then the pill and each time was a 10 out of 10 but you just genuinely, you have to make sure you test your, your substances, what it, whatever it is, and make sure you get them from reputable people, please. Because one of my friends, she took Molly and she was throwing up everywhere, like the whole night. So, and like definitely did not feel good for like a week after. So it's very scary. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then I would say also in addition to that, so press pills, definitely not. I would recommend highly against that. And you never know what it's mixed with. And it could be mixed with speed. It could be mixed with um, methamphetamines. It could be mixed speed. with fentanyl. And all of these are extremely dangerous, especially fentanyl at some of the doses that it's been in a lot of these substances. So could literally kill you there. Um, so I would recommend against those for sure. Um, let's see what else there is. Um, I have always avoided cocaine. I haven't been a fan of cocaine and I don't do it. Um, and Not a fan. It's, 
it's it's really bad on the mental health and on your on your dopamine system and it's really really especially during the times that people take it it's really going to affect your sleep like greatly and this is a huge this is this is a huge factor for maintaining like good mental health. So if you go into a rave and you end up doing things like that, uppers and stuff, that's going to be a big big reason why the next week you're not getting the proper sleep, you don't have the right circadian rhythm, and you're also feeling really really down, unmotivated, depressed. Um, you're lacking a lot of dopamine, and it also causes down spiral with your mental health. Someone's been watching the Huberman Lab podcast. Oh, I always do. Yeah, I love same. That guy. I could tell the Watch way that you're speaking just reminds me of Andrew Huberman. Does it really? Because I just I just watched like a dopamine reset podcast. Uh huh. Because I was like, okay, how like resetting your dopamine so you could be more productive yep. throughout your day and accomplish your task. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I think I'm r- like raving too much mm-hmm. to the point where my dopamine levels are so far gone that I just don't find pleasure in doing my everyday tasks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what can I do to be more productive? And you just <laughs> were like, let, let me be Andrew Huberman real quick. But yeah, go on. <laughs> and then this is something that I also used to do um, that I actually don't recommend because um, apparently there's something that I learned recently, but I used to do little, I used to drink caffeine and then sometimes I do just like a little bit of MDMA back in the day. Um, but I realized um, caffeine uh, mixed with MDMA can actually cause some toxicity. Um, interesting. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. Um, I've never, I've never even tried that, but I've never felt it very much. I know that there's probably fuck ton of people out there that do that, probably smashing Red Bulls while they're out of rave. But they're also aren't like, you also not supposed to drink alcohol on it too? You're not supposed to take a lot of things together. Yeah, and alcohol is one of the worst substances that you can take and mix with any drug. And mm-hmm. I, I hate to say this because I know that you're you enjoy your alcohols. But, oh, I enjoy my no. <laughs> but in my personal it's because opinion, I don't want to do drugs, so I'm like alcohol. It is, I guess. <laughs> but it's honestly so bad. I know it's so bad. So I'm like, what it, can I do now instead of drinking? It's crazy that alcohol is the accepted form of substance and it's abuse one of the worst. here, especially in America. Well, actually, everywhere. I, it's just crazy because it's literally one of the best, the worst substances the, that you what, can potentially take. It's one of the best. It's <laughs> fire. Uh, yeah, it's just fucking one of the worst. And, you know, you mix hey, any... doctor, like, what can I do instead? What do you recommend? Shrooms? <laughs> That's yeah. natural. That's a mushroom that comes yeah, from the earth. Yeah, that work. <laughs> um, what can I do instead of alcohol? Because I've reached the point where I'm just... I have two glasses of wine or two drinks, two mixed drinks, and I'm hungover for like literally a week. It's hard. It's hard. Like if we're getting, we're, we're getting yeah. up there. I mean, that's, that's the really, that's the hard thing is that I can't, I'm, I can't make any recommendations because there's not really anything that will replace that. I know. There are substances out there that people try to use to replace that. Um, there's some things I can say, like a lot of people these days use things such as ketamine and there's also another substances, substance called GHP. A lot of people believe that ketamine can make you feel wine drunk in a way, but ketamine I think is mostly, is really honestly the most beneficial when it comes to um, uh, psychotherapy. And so I think it's really best used in a, um, like in a place where you're using it for a purpose, but you know, people will also take it to like disassociate for a little bit and relieve. And sometimes that's okay because luckily ketamine doesn't have too many, uh, researched long term negative health effects. Um, if you use it too much of it in the long term and like consistently, probably like every day, you're probably going to have some memory loss or something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some sort of liver toxicity in there as well. But compared to everything else, it's actually surprisingly 
relatively safe-ish. Um, GHB is probably one of the most dangerous drugs out there when it comes to dosing. You could probably die from it instantly if you overdose. Absolutely instantly. God, that's scary. Right. But a lot of people, for the long-term effects, um, I don't really know too much about long-term um, negative effects on your health unless you're really abusing it consistently all the time. Uh, since it is actually a drug for narcolepsy, it's supposed to help narcoleptics go to sleep and thus they get REM sleep. They take it twice during the night. The first cycle, they take it, go to sleep instantly. Second, three hours later again, take it, go to sleep. Then the next day, it's supposed to help them stay awake during the day so they don't fall asleep randomly. Um, and this reacts with your GABA receptors, which makes you feel chill, um, relaxed. Um, it's the opposite of an upper, like a cocaine or whatever, but it makes you, it gives you a, a feeling of euphoria. And so that's why people take it because it essentially literally makes them feel exactly like a mix of being drunk with a little that, bit of Molly. Is that an opioid? It's not an opioid. Um, it's not an opioid, but it, and it feels a little different. It, it, it feels like you're drunk with like maybe a little bit of like Molly, a little bit of like lovey doveyness. Interesting. Yeah. But long-term effects would say, um, there's not too many research long-term effects compared to things like alcohol or cocaine or heroin or whatever opioids, especially opioids, mm -hmm. but short-term, if you overdose on it, you'll die. So cool. people need to be aware of that as well. Um, and there's just a host of other things, but anyways, all I have to say <laughs> is that all I have to say is that don't I don't do drugs. You will die. <laughs> That's all we got. It's say. best just not to do drugs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's best just not to do them. Or I take a little microdose of uh, psilocybin and oh my get a little God. loopy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, don't do drugs. Oh, or it's like a vegetable, right? Fungi. Yeah, mushrooms come from the earth. It's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, another thing I have to say, I had actually been a big fan of Kratom, but one thing about Kratom, uh, I actually got into a Kratom addiction and I stopped and I overcame it. I don't take Kratom at all, um, but sometimes I'll take maybe like one dose a week or maybe two doses a week max. But anytime above that, I realize my digestion already starts slowing down because what Kratom will do is it'll slow your digestion, severely dehydrate you, give you constipation as well, especially over the long period of time. If you're a bodybuilder who needs to eat consistently a lot of protein, for example, this is going to affect your That's digestive horrible. system. You can, yeah, you will fucking, you can get IBS and some fucking terrible issues from from being a bodybuilder while taking Kratom. It's just simply because of the digestion issues that they Kratom... They sell Kratom. Uh, Kratom's legal in most places. Yeah, they, they sell... The only place in California uh, it's not legal is San Diego, which is really? ironic. Yeah, because that's where you're from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... The laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, other than that, though, Kratom's pretty nice because if you take it at low dosages, it acts as a stimulant kind of like caffeine. So you can like work and it gets you really productive. You feel motivated, gives you a sense of euphoria, but, and then you take it later in the day. It doesn't really affect your sleep, especially not like caffeine. So mm -hmm. that's why I was really obsessed with it because I was taking, I was taking Kratom like throughout the entire day in order to work from 9am till midnight, like consistently. And it felt great. I was like, fuck yeah, I love work. All I want to do is work. I don't want to hang out with anyone. I just want to work. It was fucking crazy. And I, I got to a point where I started taking Kratom three times a day at almost eight gram doses each time. That's fucking nuts. Um, and so that's you where still I take it. No, that's now I take it at, if I take it, I'll take it once during a week and I'll take it at a gram which is a, a huge microdose. If you look up the dosages online that are standard, it's it's like a microdose, but I'll still feel it. People won't realize you can still feel that. It's pretty crazy. Um, 
But even if I take just a gram, I'll notice the next day my digestion has slowed down just a little bit, which is insane. It's insane how much it affects me, at least. But yeah, I've, no, I've never tried it, so I don't know. <sighs> Man, it does feel good. <laughs> After the podcast ends, he's going to go reach for his bag of Kratom. I just like... like uh, well, since we were talking yeah. about it. Honestly, the, the best substance I'd say out there, the best and healthiest substance is probably caffeine. And even caffeine has its drawbacks. So Even caffeine's... Yeah. I can't even take... Uh, I can't even take uh, creatine. Creatine dehydrates me way too much. Really? Yeah. I start, I just... I, I don't know why I can't consume enough water to properly hydrate I can't myself have in it. Weed, like anything weed, like edible, like smoke a joint. It makes me extremely dehydrated. That happens to some people. Yeah. Some, some people like react... It. Badly compared to others. Yeah, weed for me has never been a substance that I liked. I avoid it like yeah. as much as I can. Would you consider yourself like somewhat neurotic in general? Or well, I mean in what way? I don't know. I would say like, for example, like I mean, I would like to consider myself a chill person, but I know I'm not because I'm always like, I wanna work, I wanna work, I wanna do this. Like Yeah. I it should like things like I've let go of the whole like shit should be this way mentality, but mm. I know for a fact that's kind of like, both. It depends on what if it's something that's like important to me that mm -hmm. I prioritize. I'm very much neurotic, mm -hmm. but there's other things that I can be extremely chill and like ambivalent about. Okay, so I would say both. Okay, okay. Well, uh, all I know is that um, for weed, some people will react. Uh, when people take weed, some people re react with a lot of paranoia and some anxiety, whereas other people... I get anxiety. Want, yeah, other people won't react with that at all, and it'll actually make them feel more chill. Some people, it'll actually increase their prolactin significantly. Some people, it won't increase their prolactin very much at all. If your prolactin is increased significantly, especially if you're a guy who's prone to something like that, you can completely change your mindset, your state, um, and also affect things such as like your fucking nipples. You'll probably like get gynecomastia from an increase from in prolactin. Weed? Yeah, from weed. Like weed can make some that men makes so much sense. Weed can literally make some men just never want to do anything anymore. There are oh, complete does, life changes. It does make everything. It. Like when I've noticed other people smoke weed, it does uh -huh. make them extremely lazy. And you want to know something even more interesting with the dad bod is from the dad bod is from when a man has a child, his prolactin naturally increases his prolactin naturally increases, which means he starts being able to put fat a lot more on easily. Um, you know, the nipples, maybe if he's prone to that, then he'll get a little bit of get a capacity or maybe he'll just, mm -hmm. I don't know, he'll have bigger like nipples or whatever, but um, he starts being one, wanting to prolactin is the motherly hormone um, that makes you want to nurture like for example say a child so that's where the dad bug comes from prolactin also increases in a lot of men who smoke weed so when you smoke weed as a man you're prone to that stuff you yeah. you're probably like you could just gain weight and you can become unmotivated um you won't get the shit done that you're that you want to before uh, that, that you wanted to before and I mean, your whole personality and your like state of mind and your drive will, can totally change, especially if you get addicted to it. So addicted to weed? Yeah, like I used to be a fucking hardcore stoner, and now I, I don't can see that. Oh, I can see that. Now I don't smoke at all. Like the last time I had something was uh, I had two point five milligrams of THC with five milligrams of CBD in a gummy edible last week. I tell me why I did that last night thinking I can reset my sleep schedule. <laughs> I was like, cause I have like three 
three little things of El Caminos um, and one one little thing of like this elderberry that I bought at MedMen. Mm-hmm. And it's the smallest dose of THC. It's like it's like one-to-one THC, CBD. So each gummy is five milligrams of THC. Mm-hmm. I took half of it and I'm high out of my mind. I'm laying in bed trying to sleep, being like, oh, like I took a sleep gummy. And I'm laying in bed trying to sleep. It's indica, obviously. And I'm like so like tossing and turning, like so dehydrated. I feel like I haven't drank water in like 10 years. And I'm like freaking out like, God, like I've had four water bottles at this point. And I'm laying in bed with like a mountain pile of water bottles because I can't quench my thirst. And I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Holy crap. I can't believe that shit smacked you that hard. Well, I don't like, I don't like, cause I <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. anything. Right. So like sometimes I'll, I'll be in my delusional stage and I'll be mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe this will help me sleep. And I keep forgetting that it gives me anxiety and it doesn't make me, gives me, it makes me feel like as though I have one brain cell, I'm kind of operating on like, <laughs> like Ram full, like no storage capacity. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting there like, like an absolute potato being like, if I took this and I wanted to be productive, I just would not be able to. So I completely like identify with the people that like yeah. get like the prolactin and they just freaking turn into dad bods. Cause that's me. Well, here's the thing is prolactin is the, uh, is the, uh, I was going to say antithesis. Um, um, what the fuck is the word? Uh, and to, I don't know why I'm brain farting again. Um, uh, oh my God. I can't think of the word. Anyway, prolactin is the anti something of dopamine, which means as prolactin increases, dopamine decreases. And you know that dopamine is like your motivating mm-hmm. hormone, right? So that's again an explanation for why dad bod, when your prolactin increases because you have a child, you start getting a little bit more lazy. You just want to nurture, mm-hmm. you get fat, you get lazy. Weed, anti antithesis of dopamine. I get fat and lazy on weed. You're fucking fat and lazy. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to do anything. You have no energy. It's my least favorite. It saps your energy. Least favorite substance. I just, I don't get it. I genuinely, I don't get the appeal. I also hate like uh, anytime (laughs) someone would like smoke it and my whole, I could feel everything just burning in my esophagus and I'm Mm -hmm. just like, this is the worst and most unpleasant feeling. And you guys do this every day. I'm like, or am I just like doing it wrong? <laughs> it's it's conditioning because as you consume substances that make you feel really, really good, the more you consume them, the more that you enjoy either the taste or the feel of consuming it. So co- coffee, for example, I hate it. a majority of people hate the taste of coffee when I they first coffee. try it. But you learn to love coffee. Why? Because it feels fucking good. It you know does. what I mean? Same Have thing with Kratom. Have you done like a co- like a caffeine cleanse? I have. I actually don't drink caffeine now unless like for this podcast, I had 20 milligrams of caffeine in a diet sun-kissed. <laughs> nice. 19 milligrams to nice. be real. But... Still something, but yeah. It's weird though, because now it's like I can't... I don't know. I, I was enjoying Wrecked, the pre-workout by Huge. Mm. But now that I don't drink caffeine, I just, How long? I just do the pump serum. Hmm? How long have you not drank caffeine? I had just come off of it. I just haven't really been doing it for the last like couple months. Okay. Um, but like I will chime in and use it when I need it as a tool because I find out that's what that's benefits me, me with more. Um, pre-workout. Hard, yeah. I don't take any pre-workout. I just drink coffee. And like if I'm just like feeling extremely just so down and unmotivated, I will use a pre-workout as a tool but I won't even use, like I'll build my own. 
Nick, remember I was telling you about how I just hate all supplements. I don't take any supplements. Mm -hmm. I started building my own and buying like just basic like vitamins and like nitric oxide, all these things Mm -hmm. to build my own like pump and pre-workout and like a caffeine pill instead of doing like the pre-workout powder that has the sucralose, the artificial colors, natural flavors, all these Mm -hmm. things that I just genuinely don't want in my body, making a little concoction for myself. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, being a Breaking Bad Walter White scientist over here. That's kind of fun. But it's fun. Every day I have like my little routine if I need that. Other other than that, I'm just doing literally two espressos and out the Mm -hmm. door. I do smash all of Huge's pump stuff though. They have Magnify, that's six pills. They have Arachnidote, that's three pills. And then they have Pump Serum, which is that fat ass fucking scoop of like eight fucking 8,000 milligrams of... L-citrulline and a bunch of other shit. That's crazy. Oh, it feels fucking good though. <laughs> to be honest, I had a fuck ton of questions, especially from uh, the Instagram mm. that... Um, <laughs> like we... Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to, but... I feel like this is how it goes, but we could film another portion. Okay. I'm totally like... I just I just have to go to Mike's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get you to fucking Mike's so we can get those guest passes. So we can get our guest passes. <laughs> All right. Well... Damn, man. Some people were even asking you about uh, Dave. No, I'm not going to comment on that. Of course. Of course. I I genuinely have not publicly commented about any of my relationships. That's smart. After the fact, during the fact, before, like nothing. Yeah, it's a smart move. Very unlike me who created a whole podcast on it. Really? I can't. uh, See, I don't even know what I would say. I'll like publicly because I've never publicly said anything. Mm-hmm. I just kind of was like, oh. It's better that way. <laughs> I, 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 even though it's private. <laughs> you know, it's better. You just uh, tell me behind cameras. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the gossip. <laughs> uh, but anyways, guys, um, I'll just close this out now just in case. But Abby, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Where can we find you? Um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter. And SoundCloud. Also, I'll have a Spotify um, very soon because I'm going to be releasing some songs this summer. Hell yeah. Not yet. Not yet, but this summer. It's going to be fucking sick. What's your DJ name going to be? My DJ name is Domina. So it's going to be mostly like techno, like very deep tech, borderline hard style. Like because OG hard style is hard tech. It is. It's the same thing. But I just really like like hard techno and then I also like melodic techno. So like mm-hmm. anima, like tale of us, like that kind of style okay. really resonates with me. So I started producing like that. And then like hard tech, like Will Sparks. Okay. So he was like also borderline like hard style. Mm-hmm. And then like bass housey kind of abstract vibe. So like and like Drezzo. So merging all that into like, Nice. So it's gonna, it's gonna be, be sick. It's gonna be fire. You want the dark vibes? Yeah, dark vibes, dark vibes. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. That was fucking fun. We literally, I got through like uh, 20% of the questions. Nice. So. <laughs> That's how you good know we us. always have good conversations. Good um, and uh, yeah, so thank you guys for watching again. I fucking, 
I always really appreciate you guys for watching. Um, it This is like my biggest passion. So it, it means a lot when you guys do support. Um, and please, 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 if you could uh, support the podcast, the best non-cast, non-cast, non-cost way is to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel and please share it with your friends and family. And give it a thumbs up and like it. Yeah. And subscribe. And subscribe. Share to five friends. <laughs> Put it in your group chat. I know you guys have group chats. I'm in some of them. Send it in those group chats. Send in the discords. <laughs> <laughs> discords, please. Uh, appreciate you guys again so much. And thank you for watching. Um, I love you guys. If you have any questions about um, drugs, PEDs, bodybuilding, <laughs> raving, anything, any of the Go above, please ask. Ask them in the comments. I'm going to be responding more to the comments now since um, I'm finding it really fun to be engaging with them. And uh, also, if you're having any issues with HRT or or sorry, with your hormones and stuff, maybe you're having prolactin issues like we talked about, then I would get your blood work done. You can get that done anywhere. But if you are curious and want to contact my HRT clinic, which is bodybuilding friendly, that's trend transcend HRT. And that link is also in the description. So thank you guys. Now Naga transparent with podcast and Eva, Evie, uh, Yeva, Leva, Yeva, Leva, Yeva, Leva. <laughs> Peace guys. Yeah.